You're listening to the New Life Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. For more info on service times and locations, you can find us at newlifefoursquare.org. In this episode, Pastor Mike continues our series, The Final Days of Jesus, with a powerful message on Jesus wanting better for us, wanting us to see, address, and change hypocrisy. in the foyer this morning. We are starting to collect candy donations. Any candy that you would like to bring for Easter, uh, our goal is to fill several thousand eggs with candy. This year for Easter, we are sending out 5,000 mailers within a five-mile radius of our church and believing that people are going to come and hear the gospel message, so we're excited about that. And you can help in two ways. You can donate candy, you can donate empty eggs, or you can donate your time. You can donate your time outside. Um, is that outside? Yes. Thank you. Outside, there is a sign-up sheet. Ems or somebody will be out there. Um, we would love to get your help with that. And then in preparation for Easter, we are going to have a cleaning day here at the church. And we're going to like scrub doors. Somebody's like, yeah, please. Thank you. We're going to scrub doors and walls, and we're already getting, if you've noticed the patching on the walls, we're getting them ready for paint. We're trying to up the presence of this place, make it look a little bit nicer. So you can help with that. Um, March 28th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Do we have sign-ups for that? You can go talk to my wife after that. Um, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m., we will have some food for you. And then lastly, our Friday nights, uh, family nights are back. Let me just tell you, if you uh, are here by yourself, right, if you don't have a family that attends New Life, you are part of New Life's family, so you can still come to these events on Friday. Uh, we kicked it off with a lot of fun. We played a lot of games, um, and it was great. But we are going to uh, continue that uh, each and every Friday night at 6.30. We will have food, and at 7, we will have um, the festivities. Childcare is provided. There is programming for all ages. So you can bring anybody in your house, and they would be uh, served. Okay, ushers, I'm going to invite you forward. We're going to take the tithes and offerings this morning. And I'm just going to pray. Father, we thank you that we have the opportunity to continue to worship you with our giving. Would you bless the gift, bless the giver, help us to steward it well, and to make a difference in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I feel like I'm going to fall over. I don't want to trip on something. Uh, We're in week two of our series called The Final Days of Jesus, and... We've got a big teaching team, and we're just kind of all taking topics. We're not necessarily going in chronological order. Um, but the purpose is, in the final days, in Jesus' final days, he, he like really hones in on what he's doing, and he's trying to make sure that he's leaving people uh, with right information, and he's doing everything that he can to really get his teaching out to the masses. Um, and he focuses on some key aspects. And so when we look at this, we look at it and we think, Okay, let me base my life off of this. How can I see what he's doing and then do it myself, right? The WWJD bracelets, did anybody ever have one of those? What would Jesus do? Yeah, he had those. Um, Did anybody like, if you were like me, right, when I got saved, I, I got the bracelet, like different color ones, right? I got different color ones. I got the bracelet, um, I bought a bunch of Christian t-shirts. Remember Family Christian stores? And they had that one little area where they sold shirts. And it was like, instead of Reese's, it said Jesus. 
like King of Kings and Lord of Lords, or like a blood donor saved my life, or like, I had so many of those shirts. I had this big cross, it was like this, and it was wood, and I wore it around my neck with a piece of rope. I had really long hair, it was ratty hair too, like I looked, guys, it was weird, like I looked like a hippie that was trying to be Christian, it was, it was weird. Um, I got one of those fancy cases for my Bible. Remember when like, you had the giant Bible with all the tabs and then you have like a carrying case? If you have that, that's cool. I bought one of those and I put like those Bible highlighters that don't bleed through. Those things are actually amazing. Um, but like, I, I, like, I, got the, I just got saved as a 20-year-old starter kit. Like, I didn't know, but drove around in my car listening to WoW Hits on CD. Anybody ever, you rocked WoW Hits? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Has Chris Tomlin been on every single album? I don't know, probably. Anyway, so this is, this is how I'm presenting myself, right? And a few weeks after I get saved, I'm at a party, and I'm taking shots. I'm wearing my cross. I got my WWJD bracelet. I'm taking a shot. I'm like, I don't think Jesus would do that, but I didn't care. I, I didn't care. I was with a group of people that didn't care. They were just, we were drinking. All I needed to do was be sober before I went to church the next morning, right? I just needed to keep up appearances for my Christian friends. So I could do whatever I wanted to on the weekends and during the week as long as I put on the Christian face on Sunday and acted like I was saved. So nobody else needs to know. I'm good. So what I want to talk about today is not what would Jesus do, but what would Jesus undo, what is something that Jesus doesn't like that he would say, hey, I don't, I don't, want, I don't do this. I don't want you to do this. So I want to I wanna undo this behavior in your life. Right? In Matthew 23, uh, Jesus talks about the seven woes against the Pharisees and the religious leaders. And this is the passage of scripture that I, I chose. I was like, yeah, I'll do this. That sounds great. And then I'm looking, I'm like, man, there's like, there's like several months of, of like a series in this thing. So I'm praying about it. And I remembered a sermon that I had heard a few years back uh, by a pastor, you probably know his name, Craig Rochelle. And it was, a, it was a sermon that really, really touched my life and challenged me to look at my, my life differently. And it's because the, the, one, the one thing that stays the same throughout the entirety of Matthew 23 is Jesus' stance on hypocrisy and what he says about hypocrisy and how he despises it. And so I wanna, I wanna share some thoughts that um, some thoughts that I gleaned from this sermon that I heard a while back and then some things that the Lord spoke to me that I think is gonna be good for us to hear today. But um, don't get mad at me, guys, okay? The Bible says things and sometimes we don't like it, but it's not me, it's, it's, it's the Bible. Okay, anyway, let's pray. Help us, Father, speak to us. Let us be more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so what would Jesus undo? Jesus would undo hypocrisy. Right? Hypocrisy is something that he wants us to see, to address, and to change. He wants better for us. Jesus wants better for us. And hypocrisy is based on attitudes and behaviors that he despised with everything in his being. He despised it with all of his heart, right? Hypocrisy is the reason why Jesus went in the temple, started flipping tables and, and whipping people. Like, hypocrisy is the reason why he gets so fired up in this righteous indignation. It's, it's when we claim to live one way, but then in reality, we live in a different way, right? And we don't like to talk about this. We don't like to talk about this in church, uh, particularly because we don't want to see it or point it out in our own life, right? It's much easier to see hypocrisy in the life of somebody else, right? Is that, who, who knows a hypocrite? Raise your hand. You know somebody who's a hypocrite. Be honest. 
Just if, you, if you've ever met a hypocrite. Right, raise your hand if you're sitting next to one. No, just don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand, sorry. Um, I was in line at a Starbucks in Phoenix uh, six or seven years ago, and uh, it was early in the morning. I just wanted coffee, and these two guys, were talk- I hear them talking. I can't see their faces. Their backs are turned to me, and they're talking about how hungover they were. Like, oh, I can't believe I haven't drank that much in so long. Like, man, I don't even know how I'm functioning this morning and like smelling each other's breath. Am I good? Like, do I look hungover? Like, I can't believe that club. It was so crazy, blah, 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 blah. Just on and on about how much they partied and, and things that they said that I can't repeat to you in church because you'd be like, Pastor, you can't say that from the pulpit. And then they pay and they turn around and they are wearing the same name tag that I am. And that name tag was for a Foursquare convention. And they were pastors. And so they see me, they turn around, they see me, and they kind of, I think they just, they understood that, oh, what did we just say? Did you, like, they're wondering, did I hear? And I was like, hey, guys, how you doing? Right? But I'm like, these guys, like, the night before are partying and doing all this stuff, and then they're trying to hide it the next morning. They're talking to each other, but they don't want anybody else to see that what they had just done, hypocrisy, hypocrisy. And this is the number one complaint from non-Christians about Christians is that they're hypocrites, right? I don't want to go to church because the church is full of hypocrites. Now, in church, we usually have a saying that we would tell somebody after that. Somebody says, uh, I don't want to go to church because it's full of hypocrites. We would normally say something like, well, that's okay. We got room for one more, <laughs> right? But I think about that, and I'm like, no, that is a really terrible thing to think of, right? We're saying, yeah, go ahead. Live a double life. Come join us because the rest of us are doing it too. No, we need to change this. And this isn't a good attitude because some people have some really really deep hurts connected to the church, connected to church leaders. You ask somebody, next time they tell you the church is full of hypocrites, ask them to tell you their story and find out why and how they've been hurt and who in the church really did something to put them into this position, right? So we have to do better. There's this quote um, by Brendan Manning. It says this, the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips then walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. We have to do better. Right, so let's get some definitions. Let's find out. Hypocrisy, first let's find out what hypocrisy is not. Hypocrisy is not the difference between what we do and what we wish we did. It's not the difference between what we do and what we wish we did because we're acknowledging everything that we're doing and saying, I just wish I wasn't doing that. Most of the time when it comes to this kind of thinking, Uh, We're talking about sin. I wish I didn't think this way, but I do. I wish I didn't act this way, but I do. But the difference is we're open about it. We're honest about it. We, We live that life publicly. I wish I could beat this addiction. I wish I could beat this bad habit, whatever it is, right? Hypocrisy is the gap between what we show and who we are. What we allow people to see getting drunk at a club on a Saturday and then, or on a, on a weekday and then going to the pastor's conference the next day. Right? It's the difference, the gap between what we say and how we live. We say we live this holy life, but in reality, we don't. And it's the difference between our public persona and our private character. So in public, we want people to see how blessed we are, how holy we are. But in private, that's not how we act. 
This is what Jesus would undo. He would undo the show that we put on, the actor that we play behind the scenes. We're a completely different person. We're just acting. One of my favorite sayings I heard in spoken word, it was, do people know you're a Christian by your actions or do they think you're a Christian because you're acting? So when you look at the word hypocrite in the Greek, it's hupokrates, and it literally means an actor, a stage player, and a person who hides behind a mask, right? So they would, they would wear masks like this. These Greek actors, they would wear masks like this. Which one do I have here? Yeah, so they would hide behind these masks. And the, the concept here is that being a hypocrite is putting on a mask to hide who you really are and playing a part, right? So you have the angry hypocrite. You can't do that. All these lists of rules, how dare you? But then behind the scenes, we're doing bad things. Don't have sex before marriage, but I'm gonna go and look at porn on my phone. Don't do this, don't do that. And we're telling people how to act, but we're doing the exact same things that we're asking them not to do. And we're getting angry about it because they're not living holy. How dare those young people listen to that terrible music? All right, then you got the the happy hypocrite. I know they're both kind of really creepy looking masks, but... This is comedy and tragedy, so just think it's a smile, right? And you got the happy hypocrite, and everything is fantastic. Everything is awesome. Everything is beautiful. Man, bless you, brother and sister. So happy to see you. And then you turn around when they leave. Did you see what she was wearing? <laughs> Hugging your husband and your wife. Oh, I love, I love him so much. I'm just so blessed to be married to this person. But nobody knows that we've been fighting for the last week. And we're yelling and screaming at each other on the way here. But as soon as we get out of the car, we're living a blessed life. Thank you. What do we need to do? Stop that. Paul talks about these kind of people in Titus. He says, they claim to know God, but by their actions, they deny him. Don't act like you're a Christian. Be a Christian. Don't act like a follower of Jesus. Like, be a follower of Jesus. Don't put on a show for people to see. When Jesus talks about hypocrites, he's always referencing the Pharisees. He's referencing the people that were trying to show how religious they were, the religious elite. In Matthew 23, he says, everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. I was just at an event the other day, and this event was for pastors. So there is just pastors in the room, right? And people are walking around, and I'm like sitting down with a couple of, a couple of my friends, and I introduce myself to people. I'd be like, hey, I'm Mike. I'd be like, oh, hi, Mike. I'm Pastor Joseph so-and-so. And I'm like, I see a lot of people in the churches, and we, we get a title, whether it's pastor or it's deacon or it's children's worker, whatever it is, and we love the title, and we want to make sure people call us by the title, and I want to have my own seat because I've been here for a long time, and I deserve it, and I've sang on the worship team for 20 years, and so you need to honor me and respect me, and there is honor and respect for that, but when we're demanding that thing and wanting people to say how great and amazing we are, Why are we okay with taking the glory away from God and trying to put it on ourselves? Like, seriously, we do these things to bring people to Jesus. 
right? Let your good deeds shine. Let your light shine so that people will do your, see your good deeds and glorify who? Your Father in heaven, not us. You know, sometimes I have people, Pastor, that was a great message. That's fantastic, but what did God tell you from that? What did you hear the Lord say to you? Oh, that was so funny. What did God say? How did God speak to you? How is your life going to be different? These are phylacteries, the box on his head and the box on his arm, and they put four scriptures inside, and those four scriptures uh, were basically to remind them to keep the law, to keep the law. Do we have like a giant box? No. So they're talking about like, no, it's okay, trying to make these things really big on their head and really big on their arms so people would say, oh, you're super holy, right? Opening your Bible and it's really highlighted. Or it's really tattered. Oh, oh, Pastor Mike, that Bible's so tattered. You must read it a lot. I only use this Bible on Sundays. It's just been in a bag for like seven years. I have another Bible that I use. Um, but they wanted people to see how great they were. They wanted people to see how amazing they were. And Jesus is saying everything needs to be pointed back to God. Right? And if we live in a way where we want to make him famous and not ourselves then it makes things a little bit easier. We don't care so much about the spotlight. We don't care so much about people's uh, reactions to us. We just want to be more like Jesus. Right? And this is, this is the, these people in, 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 in that Jesus is talking about in Matthew 23 is direct contrast to what we just talked about of him saying, let your light shine so people will glorify God and not you. So we've got to stop hiding behind masks and pretending to be someone that we're not for the sake of attention. We'll get there in a second. Jesus says when you pray, when you fast, when you do these things, when you're uh, living for the Lord, don't do it so that people will see you. And the Pharisees would stand out on the corner and go, oh, I haven't eaten in like seven days. I'm so hungry, but I'm fasting for the Lord because I am holier than all of you. I met a guy once and uh, we were at a camp. And he was sitting in the corner, and he was like this. And I was just like standing there. And I'm like, why is this guy not eating breakfast? But I knew he wanted somebody to come talk to him, but I didn't do it on purpose, right? So I sat next to him. I'm like, this guy is weird. What is he doing? And then finally, somebody comes over, and they said, hey, I forget what his name was, Andrew. Hey, Andrew. Uh, And he goes, oh, no, it's okay. I'm fasting. And I was like, I I just wanted to know, like, what we were doing with the kids after this breakfast was over. But he was so ready to tell people that he was fasting and he was holier than the rest of us. I'm fasting. I'm abstaining from food so that I can pray for God's blessing. No, he wanted people to say how great he was for fasting. Oh, that's great. You go ahead and fast at youth camp. I'm going to eat a lot of food because I'm going to be running around with kids and I need the energy. (laughs) I'll fast before when nobody sees me, right? But Jesus says, when you do this stuff, when you fast, when you pray, when, when you give, if you're trying to do it for the attention of other people, that's your only reward you're going to get. The only reward you're going to get is somebody maybe going, oh, good job, that's great. But if we do this thing, if we do these things so that God is working on our heart, if we're doing it to, to deepen our relationship with Jesus, then that's, we're, we're going to get more, so much more out of it. If the goal is to bring God glory, not to bring ourselves glory. Recognition is not as great as we think it is. Right? Some of the harshest words that Jesus ever speaks were aimed at hypocrites. And he says this, woe to you. 
Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones and the dead and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside, you appear to be people as righteous, but on the inside, you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. You snakes, you brood of vipers, how will you escape being condemned to hell? Jesus is saying this to the people that everybody else looked up to because they were so holy and righteous. Jesus is saying this to the pastors. This is Jesus talking to like your favorite pastor right now. Not literally, but in the, in the context. Um, because they want so desperately to be looked at as good. But in the inside, they're full of wickedness. They want the illusion of public virtue, but they are full of private vices. We just want to look good on the outside and not deal with the, the nastiness that's really going on inside. And the sin is wrong, right? Get, make no mistake, the sin is wrong. But Jesus isn't calling out the sin. He's calling out the deeper issue, which is stop looking over the sin and realize the fact that you've got some serious flaws here. You need to open up your life and let me deal with this mess. But Jesus was coming in and trying to take away their good their, their, their notion of church, right? They had gone thousands of years with just going through the motions and people looking up to them and people praising them and people giving them money and people doing this and that. And Jesus comes in and he goes, hey, it's not about you. It's about me. Stop acting like jerks. And we don't want that. We don't want Jesus to come in and uh, actually bring order to our nicely, neatly manicured lives. We don't want him to get to the inside and the stuff that's messed up because it's gonna mess everything else up. He's saying, hey, knock it off. Jesus can deal with us and deal with someone who has sin if we recognize it, if we repent of it and allow him to restore us. We have to recognize the problem. We have to recognize the mask that we're hiding behind. We have to be able to see it, to call it out for what it is, hypocrisy, and deal with it. If we don't, we're doing so much damage. We're hindering God's ability to move in our communities, to move in our lives. Because we've said this before, for some of us, the, the best representation of Jesus that somebody is going to see is you. Think about that. If your family that doesn't know Jesus, your coworkers, your friends that don't know Jesus, if you are the closest representation to Jesus, of Jesus to them, what do they see? Do they see somebody who really loves God? Do they see somebody who's the same in church and out of church? Or do they see somebody who's hiding behind a mask? You with me? Yes. Okay. Jesus doesn't say, woe to you who do bad things, right? Woe to you who watch that bad movie on Netflix. Woe to you who... Drank some alcohol, you terrible person. Jesus is saying, woe to you who live in sin but act like you don't. Woe to you who live in sin but come to church and try to play like everything is perfect. And think about this. Maybe there's, a, there's been times in my life where I was living this double life and I'm living in sin and I'm a huge hypocrite and then I want to come into church and, and pray for somebody. What gives me the right to do that? When I'm living a double life myself, man. I don't think any of us really want to be a hypocrite, right? Nobody wakes up one day and says, I want to live a secret life of sin. 
But it happens. We think we have to keep up appearances or people aren't going to like us. Or we get addicted to the positive attention that holy living brings. Oh, let's call so-and-so because they're a prayer warrior. Look at social media. Social media gives us such an opportunity to be hypocrites. Maybe one day you wake up and you're reading your Bible and you take a picture of it. Maybe because the verse spoke to you or something like that. And then people start liking it, right? Like, oh, wow, he was doing his devotions at six o'clock in the morning. I was sleeping. I'm such a bad person. We see how much attention it gets, but then we're like, oh, crap, I got all this attention, but I'm not going to do this every day. I don't have time to read my Bible every day. I got it. I'll just take a picture so people think I'm reading the Bible. I'll get a coffee cup. I'll align the lighting so it's perfect, and there's steam coming off, and I'll open it, and I'll just highlight some random verse they don't need to know. I'll put the focus somewhere else. I want more likes. I want more attention. I want more comments. And are you actually doing your devotions if you don't have a coffee cup? with a verse on it from the book of Psalms? Or we'll take Philippians 4.13, I do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Put that on our coffee cup. Let me post a picture of my husband. Let me post a picture of my wife and say how amazing and how awesome they are. They don't need, nobody that likes this and comments on it and says hashtag relationship goals needs to know that we're on the verge of divorce. but we'll just put out the appearance that everything is great. None of us are perfect. So we need to quit living the illusion that our lives are. Like we all have issues that we're dealing with. We should just be people who are open about it. Right? I'm sorry if you have this notion that when you come here, you have to act perfect. You don't. You do not have to act perfectly, I promise you. Maybe when Pastor Thel's here. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to say the right thing. You don't have to dress the right way. You don't have to pretend like everything is in order to be loved. I still love you even if you have issues. You know why? I have issues too. One of my favorite things is, is I heard somebody say, I'm just a beggar trying to show another beggar where to find bread. Like, we're all in this together. The power is in when we come together, when we're in community when we allow healing to happen, just be yourself. If you've got marriage problems, you can talk about it. If you're struggling with addiction, you can talk about it. If you're stressed, if you're feeling shame, if you're depressed, you can talk about it. This is a safe place. You can talk about it, right? And here's the thing. I can't fix your problems. And nobody here can fix your problems, but we know the God who can We know the God that can fix your problems. We know the God that you can go to and ask for help. Right? I've said this before. Consciously or subconsciously, we're all asking the same question. Do you see me? Do you hear me? And does my life have any value? And the answer is yes. You can take the mask off and be yourself. You have to change what you think about yourself. Like I said earlier about setting the bar so high or thinking that we're dumb or thinking that we're not good enough. You're doing better than you think you are. You're not as lost and broken as you think you are. Open your life up and let people see. Get real encouragement. Get real recognition. Not something that's fake because we're not living the truth of who we are. I struggle with identity and calling and usefulness all the time. I knew 
uh, six months after I accepted Jesus, God told me I was going to be in ministry. And I started pursuing my pastoral license. And then I joined this internship and I interviewed for jobs. I got turned down easily 15 times before somebody, before somebody hired me. And then I applied for my pastoral license. I got turned down three different times for it. I don't know why. They never even actually told me why. But I'm like, am I even supposed to do this? Is this the line of work I'm supposed to go in? A lot of times, especially today, I come in here and I know I'm going to preach a sermon that is going to make people quiet and silent, right? And so it's not like people aren't going to be laughing and joking. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are they going to be mad at me because I called them out on stuff? Like, are they going to, are they going to hate me? Are they going to uh, vote? Are they going to vote with their feet or their wallets? Are they going to leave the church or stop tithing? Like, these are things I think about, right? And it's easier for me to stand up here and say, just... Jesus loves you. Do whatever you want. And let's talk about how to be happy, healthy, and wealthy. But the gospel is so much more than that. Jesus says, die to yourself. Change. Be different. Stop being a hypocrite. Don't just look like everybody else does and be a, what are those things? Lemmings. Recognition and success and praise will not fix your insecurity. Pretending to be someone you're not isn't going to make you a better person. You're still going to struggle with the anxiety and the depression and the bad thoughts whenever you take that mask off, right? But we need to step out of that fear, the fear that says, if I show my true self, I won't be loved. If I show my true self, I won't be accepted. If I show my true self, they're going to ask me to step off of the worship team. If I show my true self, no, stop living in fear, right? We don't have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Step out of that fear and into the confidence you have in Christ that he is driving this boat. He's got everything under control, and he just wants you to be yourself, Take off the mask of hypocrisy, put on the righteousness of Christ. Um, so Jesus has zero, say zero, zero. Jesus has zero tolerance for hypocrisy, for a person who is unwilling to change. But he has unlimited grace for a sinner in need of forgiveness. If we are willing to take the mask off and say, this is who I really am, Jesus can work. If you say, I refuse to let myself be seen, I'm going to keep this mask on, he can't do anything with that until you're willing to recognize the issue at hand. So Jesus offers hope. He says this in Matthew 23, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Stop trying to make sure the outside is nice and shiny. Right? You're trying to impress someone. You're, you're going on like a first date. Like, sure, go get, a, go get a facial and exfoliate and make sure your complexion's good. But you don't, have to, you don't have to come here and try to put on this spiritual sheen so that everybody sees, oh, you're so amazing. Let God work internally where nobody sees, where nobody can judge you, and where nobody can give you praise either. Let God work inside. And then live your life out of the transformation that has happened inside. Live out of the overflow of you spending time in God's presence. 
Let your outward behavior be a true reflection of the inward transformation. Proverbs 28 says this. Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Some of us, we've let this go for years and years and years. When when we try to live a life based on hypocrisy, we're building a house of cards that is eventually going to fall. You're not gonna be able to hold it together forever. So let's, regardless of how long it's been, let's deal with it now. Because there's hope and there's mercy in Jesus, right? I, I don't think any one of us, if we're dealing with hypocritical behavior, would say, Pastor Mike, I'm okay with it. I wanna live a double life and never feel really fulfilled. Like, none of us is truly gonna think that way. So let's understand that if the Holy Spirit is speaking to something to your life right now, you are not the only person in the room, right? You are not alone. We've been there. So many of us have been there. Be yourself. If you've got issues, if you're struggling with sin, if you're having relationship problems, be yourself. Come to Jesus. Confess your sins. Get into a part of a community. Allow God to heal you, either through his direct presence or through his presence through his people. I know for me, the the biggest moments of healing I've ever had happened in community. When I stopped isolating myself and really let myself be known by people who I knew loved me, who really loved me. I'm not telling you just to go to some person that, in church that you've never met before and tell them your deepest, darkest sins. Find somebody that you trust, that you know loves you, and let them in. Let yourself be vulnerable a little bit. <clears throat> I promise you that there's someone here that's been through what you've been through, and God brought them through on the other side. Um, this is so freeing. It's so freeing to take off the mask, to live in the light. Sin thrives in the darkness like mushrooms. Sin thrives in the darkness. Let that stuff come out into the light. And you'll see once the glory of God is shining on it, it's not as bad as you think it is. It's so freeing. Um, I'm gonna close with this, and um, I'm gonna ask Christian and Christina to come up here. Psalm 39, or Psalm 139. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David's words come at the end of this psalm and he's talking about there's nowhere that he can go to escape God. He can go to the highest high or the lowest low. There's nothing that he could ever do to get away from the presence of God. God is there to guide him and to lead him in every aspect of his life. When everything is going great, when everything is not going great. But it's one thing to acknowledge this as an attribute of God, but it's another to invite God in and ask him to help you change your life for the better. You can believe that God's presence is everywhere, but unless you're willing to be with him in his presence, nothing is going to change. Right? You can come to church and lift your hands and sing a song, and maybe you've done that for a long time, and you're like, I don't feel anything anymore. Well, stop playing games. Stop wearing masks. Let yourself be open about what you're dealing with. Jesus never says be perfect. 
He never demands perfection. And the fact that Jesus came and died in our place shows that none of us ever could be perfect. God came down. Like, think about it. Jesus can empathize with us better than anybody else because he lived a human life. He knows we need help. God doesn't force us to change because we're bad people and he doesn't like us. Like, do you hear that? You are not a bad person. You're not. I'm so sorry if you went to a church and one day somebody told you you're a sinner and you're going to hell and you're a terrible person. offers hope. He doesn't force us to change because we're bad and he doesn't like us. He offers help and asks us to change because he's good and he loves us. And he wants us to be different and he wants us to live a fulfilled life. He doesn't want us to go around hopping from person to person trying to find little tiny moments of happiness. He wants us to live in his presence and find joy in every season of life. us to learn a better way of doing things. You don't have to fake it with God. He knows all. He sees all. He, he sees everything that's gone on in your life, everything that's currently going on in your life. And he says, I love you. We can fix this. Just come to me is all Jesus is saying. You don't have to change. You don't have to be different. You don't have to be open and vulnerable. You don't have to take off the mask, but you can. And that's the hope that we have in Jesus, that as uh, we, we have a Savior that loves us, and hopefully as people of God, we would be the same way, right? That we provide a safe place for people to work out their identity, to work out what they're going through in life. You don't have to come here and have everything perfect in order and try to fake it. You can be yourself and you will still be loved. Like, do you get that? Whatever is going on, we will still love you. It's not conditional. And we need to not let our love be conditional with people that we know. Don't make your family members fake it. Don't make your kids fake it. Don't make your spouse fake it. Let them be open and be who they are. If it's something that you're dealing with, God offers help.